Three women are facing fraud charges for claiming Inuit status to get money. Woman duped by employment scam is now out hundreds of thousands of dollars. A symposium on long COVID has found that 10% of healthcare workers who had COVID developed long COVID. And the Democratic Republic of Congo is requesting the removal of UN troops. Good morning. It's Friday, September 22nd. I'm Nora coming to you from beautiful Banff, Alberta. And here are your headlines. First, we start with news from APTN about three women who had been pretending to be Inuit to get bursaries and run businesses. Danielle Paradis is reporting that the Akaluit RCMP has charged Karima Manji and her twin daughters, Amira Gill and Nadia Gill, with two counts of fraud over $5,000 each. The RCMP has said that the women had all applied for and obtained Inuit beneficiary status as quote-unquote adopted Inuit children. Parody quotes the police saying this, The women used this Inuit beneficiary status to defraud the Kakivat Association and Kikiktani Inuit Association of funds that are only available to Inuit beneficiaries by obtaining grants and scholarships, unquote. These weren't the only funds that the Gill sisters received based on their false Inuit claims, reminds Parody. Hydra One gave Amira a $4,000 scholarship in 2017. The scholarship was only available for Indigenous students. In 2018, Amira also won a scholarship intended for Indigenous students from RBC. The amount of money that one can receive from this scholarship is $4,000 per year, either for a two-year or four-year program. No one in the family replied to the requests for comment from APTN. They are expected to appear in an Iqaluit court on October 30th. None of the allegations have yet been proven in court. Next to another fraud story, a woman in Ontario had hundreds of thousands of dollars stolen from her through an employment scam. CTV News's Pat Foran reports, the woman needed a part-time job and saw an ad for a job on social media that promised her up to $400 per hour. It would have had her work with software and app optimization, but the would-be employer asked her to pay money first to prove that she was real. She agreed, and through various back and forths, she ended up paying about $1,700. But they didn't just keep the money. It was set in an account that she was then able to withdraw money from, making her think that she had access to her money. But then they started holding back some of the money. She was told over many months to deposit more money, which she did, and eventually she had put down $395,000. Because of how the company was showing her money, she thought she still had access to it and that they were holding the money in an account. That account, she thought, had grown to $605,000 US. Eventually, she was no longer able to take any of the money out at all, including the $250,000 she had borrowed from family and friends. CTV found others who were caught in the same scam. Another person who also lost his money lost $1,700. He didn't add more money to the account after he was locked out of all of his funds and so didn't lose any more than that. CTV cites data from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre that shows that in 2022, 1,230 people lost nearly $5 million thanks to employment scams. In 2023 so far, they're aware of about 600 people who've lost $2.7 million collectively. The woman who lost hundreds of thousands of dollars is devastated, and CTV doesn't explore whether or not she'd be able to get any of that money back. Instead, it just sounds like she has to kind of accept it and move on. 
Remember, no matter how desperate you are for money, never believe an ad for a job that you see on social media, especially a job that would pay $400 an hour, or even a job that says it'll pay $400 a day. And of course, never send anyone money. Next to Montreal, where a symposium was just held on long COVID. Long COVID, in case you've never heard a definition for it, is when symptoms persist for more than 12 weeks after the initial infection. Radio-Canada's Melanie Milosh-Halubowski was at the symposium and reported on significant findings from the presenters. Preliminary data presented by Dr. Sarah Carrazzo from Quebec's Public Health Statistical Agency showed that 10% of healthcare workers have had long COVID. The research was conducted by surveying 23,000 healthcare workers this summer. Through these data, the odds that someone developed long COVID was 16%. Among the workers who reported having experienced symptoms that lasted more than 12 weeks, a third reported having severe symptoms, and more than half said that they had symptoms for more than one year. The study also found that there was a lower chance of developing long COVID as new variants surfaced, going from 26% of people developing symptoms of long COVID in the beginning of the pandemic to 12%. The majority of the people surveyed reported having long COVID after having been infected with Omicron, or after January 2022. Healthcare workers who were hospitalized were more likely to have three symptoms or more in the long term, and reinfection was also associated with developing long COVID. The two most common symptoms reported were fatigue and breathlessness. 70% of workers said that their symptoms impacted their work, and 15% said their symptoms made it difficult to work. COVID-19 was and is a mass disabling event, and it is wild how little we're hearing from politicians about what they're going to do about it. The fact that this symposium happened in Quebec doesn't surprise me, as Quebec's health statistical agency, the INSPQ, has and had consistently the best data related to COVID-19 in Canada. It is interesting to see this data and assume that similar trends are happening in other provinces. There are only 14 post-COVID clinics in Quebec, and many lack the necessary staff to operate. Most don't even have a doctor, said Alain Pichet from the University of Sherbrooke. And it's important to note that diagnosing long COVID can be really difficult. Because long COVID and COVID-19 touches so many organs, there are some 200 symptoms associated with long COVID. And finally, to the Democratic Republic of Congo. The president, Felix Shisekedi, has asked his government to fast-track the withdrawal of the UN mission called MONUSCO. It was a peacekeeping mission that, along with previous missions, had been in operation since 2010. It was operating in the east of the DRC to stop armed violence from groups fighting over territory. Al Jazeera is reporting that the mission has become increasingly unpopular as it has failed to protect civilians. There have been protests held against the mission, and some of those protests have been really deadly. At least 56 people were killed last month when the army cracked down on an anti-UN demonstration in Goma. In July 2022, at another protest against the UN, 15 people died, including three peacekeepers, in Goma and Butembo. Chisikeri is rerunning in an election in December. A few weeks ago, the East African community, a regional bloc of seven nations, extended military support to Eastern DRC. So it's no surprise that Chisikeri sees this as being important to re-election. Those are your headlines for Friday, September 22nd. Folks, it is Friday. I hope you have something lined up for this weekend that will be fun, that will bring you together with other people. I'm not sure what I'm doing yet. I'll be home probably tonight, late, but I'll have a good weekend for sure. 
This is the Sandy and Nora Daily News Podcast. I'm Nora, and you're listening to it at sandyandnora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed and anywhere you get your podcasts. I'll talk to you on the other side.